Hey everybody, this is Grant Overman, one of the two dads on the Two Dads Named Grant podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to give you all a quick reminder and also an update on the podcast. As a reminder, you can reach us on social media on Twitter at TDNGCast. You can also reach us via email through our Gmail account, which is TDNGCast at gmail.com. We'd love to get any feedback you have on the podcast, any ideas for future episodes that you'd like to see, um, any encouragement or suggestions or tweaks. We're happy to review all of those. We promise to be better about responding as well. Uh, And we'd also appreciate any follows, retweets on Twitter. Um, You want to pass the podcast along to anyone you think might get some enjoyment out of it. We would appreciate that greatly as well. And of course, if you want to leave us a rating wherever you get your podcast, that would be amazing as well. Uh, For the announcement about the format of the podcast, we've been playing around with some different topics and formats, but I think we are zeroing in on what we'd like to do in the future, so bear with us, but also definitely give us feedback on the format, and also in an effort to focus on quality content, we are going to be going to every two weeks. This is also in an effort to give Grant Vickery some chance to finish the ever-growing list of things that happen to get ready for a new baby and to make sure that our output can be sustained through the early sleeplessness of uh, having a newborn. So thank you all for your understanding and bearing with us, and here's the episode. Sorry, wait, actually, one more thing before we get to the episode. Uh, quick announcement. This is Grant Vickery, the other Grant from the Two Dads Named Grant podcast. Overman and I have been talking a lot about this episode after we recorded it, and the ideas you're about to hear are something we'd like to hear from you about. But literally, we want you to record yourselves and send the recording to our email address, tdngcast at gmail.com. We're gathering different perspectives from some people that we admire, and if you'd like to chime in, we'd love to hear you. So, if you've got some time and you want to have a meaningful conversation with your significant other, record yourself answering this question. How can my significant other and I continue to improve our relationship when other more immediately demanding things like a baby or a new job or sometimes just life always seem to get in the way? Thanks. All right, let's let's talk about what we're talking about this week, because uh, I'm actually excited about this. As an aside, I'm almost always excited, but especially this week because I am really close to the point where my wife is going to have a baby. Two Dads Named Grant, episode 12, Grant Vickery here, talking with Grant Overman. And also, one of our dear friends, Raymond Jameson, and his wife, Stormy, just had a baby. As another aside, mazel tov, you two. And so this is kind of on my mind about how your life changes once you actually have a baby. Third and final aside for now, everybody assures me with very, excuse the pun, pregnant looks that my life and marriage will never be the same post-baby. I'm extremely excited to meet my son, but I also am blessed to have a life I enjoy and a wife I love spending time with. Our relationship is hard in the way that all relationships are sometimes hard, but it's also really good. My wife is a great person, my best friend, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous for all of that to change. You'll hear that anxiety come out a lot in this episode. And so that's been something that I've been thinking about. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you was, how has your marriage changed over the last 21 and a half months, I guess? Because I'm really looking for like a before and after. Because you and Michelle had a relationship before. How long were y'all married before you had a kid, by the way? We were married a good long while. No, let's see. Zach was born in 2012. 
2012. That's insane. 2012. That's the year we were, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the year we were married. Excuse me. You've been hiding um, something from me. The way that it has changed is I've become much less intelligent <laughs> after we have been born. Uh, we we were married in the summer of 2012, and he was born in 2017. So it, we were you had we were five married. years roughly. Yeah, we had five years. Okay, um, so you had five years of the before period. And now you've had almost two years of the after period. And I'm guessing that your relationship has gone through a couple of changes during that time. And so what I want to know is what was it like before and after and what's what's been the difference, really? Yeah, uh, you know, the biggest thing that changes, especially with a new baby, is neither one of you sleeps a whole lot, right? Right, yeah. And um, you're just your general energy level mentally, physically, emotionally changes so much. And so you have to figure out how to still kind of be as successful as a person as you were before minimum. Right. While also, and part of that is going to be your relationship. So what, what, what do you mean by success? Cause relationship is a part of that, but what are the other parts of that? I mean, I would say at a bare minimum, just accomplishing the things you need for survival at the same rate. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Part, right. Not that this is the point of any of this, but what Grant's about to say doesn't really reassure me in the slightest. Like, you still have to go to your job, bills have to get paid, the house has to be kept in order, pets have to be fed, maintain a relationship with a person. Now means, like, the second most to you, I guess. You're still trying to be who you are before, but now you've added in all this other stuff. Like, you still have to go to your job, bills have to get paid, the house has to be kept in order, pets have to be fed. Oh my god, it's so much effort to get out there. No, I'm, I'm not worried at all. Huh. Mentally, physically, emotionally, neither one of you sleeps a whole lot. And what if we get out there and he just like starts screaming and won't stop, pretend everything's the same. You're still trying to be who you are before, but now you've added in all this other stuff. You have to think and consciously decide how much of yourself you are going to have available to your spouse. Or make, or make available to your spouse. Because depending on your relationship before, that might have been all of it. You might have been reserved. And it depends on how introverted and extroverted. And everyone's different with their mental and emotional energy and how much they just give away to people. I, I get that. But you've probably established an, an equilibrium in your relationship. And, and that is thrown out the window, right, when your baby comes. So what you're saying uh, – tell, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Um, before baby, it was – I don't want to say easy because marriage isn't easy, right? Marriage is, is hard no matter what you do, right? It's always mm-hmm. – anytime you're involved in a relationship, there's going to be a degree of complexity and a degree of difficulty. But after baby, there was a while where it was like, okay, Zach's here and we're not going to leave the house. We're not going to do any of this stuff. We're just going to stay here because that's easy. And it wasn't really attention towards your personal lives and it wasn't really attention towards one another. It was just kind of you're in pure like try to survive mode. Is that is that fair? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think I would say that it wasn't so much that we ignored each other. It was just, like I said, you add all this new stuff. And if you are a brand new parent, especially, you don't have any like, well, this is how you do it. You right. don't have any old skills or There's no memories yeah, to rely on. So, you know, the kind of thing that we scaled back on while we figured it out was the socializing. But, I, but as far as just the relationship between me and Sh- Michelle, not even necessarily as parents, although that's an added layer, right? Like, how do we interact as parents to make sure we're on the same team you're or not just husband and wife and grant and michelle now you're mom and dad right exactly and so at least for us you know we had 
and I won't pretend that it was perfect or anything like that, but we had a, a system or a way, and it's just like, this is how vulnerable we, vulnerable we are with each other, or how we become vulnerable with each other, how we interact, how we I give of you my mental in, and emotional energy, and how you know when I don't have that much to give, so you're going to have to go it alone for a little little while until I recover, and I can now I can listen to your problems, and vice versa, and all that, right? Right, or right, Whatever right. it is. There's a, there's a pattern or a give and take or whatever you want to call it there. And then now we have this new person who's both to both of us is more important now than our spouse and whose needs are more immediate. Right. And you cannot ask the newborn child to hang on and be okay (laughs) for a minute. Right. Sure. And it's, and, and this is the oldest like thing in the book, right? Everyone knows this, that you have so much of your time and energy taken that if you have to, what might've become routine. And I mean that in a good way, right? Like what, what you might've had down a little bit between you and your spouse now you must redefine and renegotiate and relearn because every single aspect of your life is affected by your baby. Yeah, I I, I want to push back on something that you said really quickly. I just mm-hmm. want to ask you if this yeah. is if you if you really mean it, I guess. Um maybe you do. And if you do, that's totally fine. But what I'm curious about is you said that now there's this person who is the most important who you love the most and i'm not sure that i think that's how it should be and i'm also not sure if that's i think something else you said is more accurate anyway that zach's needs are more immediate right sure like his needs are his needs are now and he can't understand delay especially when he's a newborn right if he's a newborn and he's crying you can't be like excuse me sir if you could wait but a moment i'll attend to you like you know right. he's not but even that. now at 21 months we're just now kind of learning you know, no, this is mommy's food. You can't have it. You already right. ate yours, right? right. His, or his like, concept of ownership and of time and of me and of yeah. you, like his 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 yeah. understanding that his body has like boundaries at the ends of his fingers and toes, right? Like that's relatively new to him. Like these sure. under like this is our, so. I I'm not saying that you shouldn't attend to your child's needs first. I am asking, and again, because I have never laid eyes on my child. I've seen like an image, like a a, a simulacra or a simulation of him. Um, <laughs> there you go, Baudrillard. Let me butcher some of your terms for you. Uh, but is it that you love them more, and is that what you want? Like the the I guess those are two separate questions. I you could maybe this is semantics, but you could make the argument that it's different, right? And so to it's comparing apples and oranges to say if I love my child or wife more. I guess if I'm saying if I'm choosing between my child's needs and my wife's needs in any given moment, then my knee-jerk reaction is to choose my child's needs. Well, I, yeah, I would assume so, because your wife right, is but, a competent and, adult who can provide for sure, herself. Sure, but, but what I mean by that is <sighs> needs might not even not be the right word. I'm trying to th- you know what I mean? If it's like if I am going to say I've given everything to the rearing of the child, I have nothing left for you. So I've got to, you know, how much, so like I was talking about before, how much of myself am I holding back or how much of my energy do I have available for, to offer to you, right? Well, I've offered so much to the child now. I need this much for myself. Will I then go and offer this to you when it's left over after the child has been cared for? Because there's no question that the child will be cared for first. And especially now, and even within the last six months, even after a year old, when he is more like an actual person and not just like a lump that screams at you, <laughs> right? Because then it's like the baby yeah. needs to eat. The baby is awake and screaming. The baby has to become, you know, there's no choice. Now, Zach, I can be like, hey, here is a book or a toy. 
you must sit here for a minute. And he can kind of do that. Sometimes he takes it. Sometimes he just screams at me and says, no, where's my waffle? Like nothing will distract me <laughs> from what kid. I want right yeah. now. Right. Waffles. Big deal. Uh, so I guess what I mean by loving the more is first of all, in that kind of way that, you know, in some sort of horrible action movie scenario where it's like, choose between the life of your spouse and your child. Well, that's not, at least for me and Michelle, I don't think that that's, would be much of a choice, you know, be like, I love you, honey. Sorry. Goodbye. But then right, also, right. you know, I'm, I'm operating under the assumption that everyone has like a fuel tank, right. For dealing with other people. And some of it was reserved for what I need to just live and exist and not be crushed by existential dread. And then here's what I can give to you as my spouse. And we're in this journey together. Right now I've got a child and it's like, how am I going to divvy that up? Well, the child's going to get more of that. But even now when he's not, you know, he can serve, he's not going to die in a room by himself in a minute. You know, it might be like, well, I came home and I played and we did all the stuff and it's like, I'm tired at the end of the day. So do I go and I interact and I make that venture for connection and intimacy and just socializing with you? Or do I say, you know what? I got to do whatever feeds my soul right now. That's separate from you. And and sometimes, especially because Michelle and I are very different on that introvert extrovert scale. So this might be something I'm generalizing to everybody that's unique to us, but you know, for me and her, the way that we recover our energy is, you know, emotionally is very different. And right. So, and Michelle's more like yeah. I am where it's like, if you need to be, if you need to recover energy, you've got to be alone. Right. Exactly. And, and, and you need and, time to yourself where no one's bothering you or asking you questions. You can do whatever. And then, that's how that's how you recharge to give back to people. And you are someone who is like, I need to be around a lot of people and noise and talking and doing things. And that's how I yeah, recharge my uh, emotional energy. Exactly. And, you know, so then at the end of the day, you know, again, that I care about more or love more. That, that might not be the correct term, but it's like, it, you know, Zach's got first dibs on that for either of us. Right. And then we've both right. got to recover. So now I got to decide, am I going to make demands of you to make myself feel better? Am I going to go find it somewhere else and not even allow you to try to enter into that space? Am I going to give you the space to do what you need to do and put my, you know, all that's got to be kind of, again, renegotiated and renavigated, I think. And that's been the biggest difference. And I would say, at least as far as a marriage perspective, the biggest challenge since Zach has come. And this is not the same for everybody. Michelle and I are pretty much on the same page when it comes to child rearing opinions and techniques and what have you. So there hasn't been a lot of angst about, you know, you're too easy. You're too hard. Are we doing this? Are we doing that? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, l- l- let me tell you the reason why I asked this in the first place. Um, I've, I've gotten advice from a lot of people about a lot of different things because I'm entering into in the original recording. I babbled on here for a really long time, but here's what I meant to say. Thanks for all the great advice. Also, I really need some new advice. But one of the things that people have said that's been a concern for me is when your child comes, you're going to want to give your child everything, but, and this is actually advice I got from my neighbor, who's a a really great guy named Mike, who I just started going to a a small group Bible study with. And, And Mike is a very wise, very intelligent man. And one of the things he said to me was he said, you have to still make sure that your priority is your marriage, because one of the best things you can do for your child is show them what a healthy marriage is like. And so the, the, I guess the whole conceit and why I was asking that is, and Zach's too young for this right now, I guess, but how are you and Michelle, this is the real question that I should have asked. How are you and Michelle planning on maintaining your marriage so that you can mod, uh, um, model a healthy marriage for Zach? 
Yeah, that's a great question, and I think Mike is right. And your good question allows me to, I think, better explain myself. So I, I think, at least for us, the natural inclination is to say, in the hierarchy of things, child and what's going on, right, marriage right. second. And, yes, and, and yes. It, it is situationally dependent, I would say, for sure, both on the age of your child and whatever happens to be going on right this minute and whatever your, you know, um, relationship happens to need. But, you know, things... <sighs> That's kind of what I'm talking about, I guess, there, is that, you know, we, we're having to be, you have to renegotiate that, and I, I guess in my mind, I'm picturing, like, end of the day, the child is now asleep, These, this is the time that you have without interruptions, right? So then what are you going to do with this time? Like, before, you might have had a routine or a navigation of, when do we get to do our, pursue our own hobbies? When are we going to spend time together? When are we going to have serious conversations about right money or our jobs or our relationship? You know, that kind of thing. I'm fortunate enough to be married to a therapist, not that only therapists do this, but um, she's very skilled at getting me to, you know, talk about my feelings. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say in an intelligent way, but in, at least talk about them. Right. And so it's like, in we're going to have, yeah. yeah, we're going to, we're going to actually do work on our marriage at some point face to face. Well, okay. Now add in a different level of exhaustion maybe. And then also, all these other things you're still concerned about. And then it's like, okay, before we may have known that the dogs were taken care of and everything's ready for the next day, but now his lunches, who's picking them up and who's dropping them off? And you know, all that stuff, right? And you can check off all the boxes of what needs to happen in your life. And those other things are, can easily fall by the wayside. So to me, yes, that is true. You need to have a strong relationship. You need to prioritize your marriage when you can and do those kind of things. But you have to do it now in this landscape of, your child who really is is part of your marriage but isn't at the same time it's very yeah well he, he's it, a part of your marriage but it seems to me he's a part of your marriage in the sense that you know it, he interferes right and he's also something like i for me one of the things that i've really loved about my wife being pregnant and and she does not love this <laughs> admittedly but like watching her become visibly pregnant has been really mm -hmm. exciting for me because it's like you're such a mom now and that makes me feel more like a dad and i find that not only like physically attractive but emotionally endearing you know i i love all of the things about pregnancy even well not like you know how difficult it is for her right to sleep and you know sometimes it's uncomfortable and i i get all of that and that that's hard i'm not saying that i'm celebrating that but it's like this is something that's like an avenue or an aspect of my wife that I didn't get to enjoy previously and now I do get to enjoy. And so I see how like a child is a part of your marriage in that regard. But they're also a part of your marriage in the sense that, you know, they're just in the way and they stop mm -hmm. you from maintaining a relationship in the way that you would have previously. So, yes, well, it is very easy to have that time or that energy that might have been spent towards maintaining a good relationship and a good marriage to parental upkeep right like like what, is, what i was just talking about let's right, discuss right. our children let's discuss how we're parenting let's discuss what's going on with them like what do we think about their teacher what do we think about what they're eating what do we think about how we're disciplined and that's good stuff and it has to happen right but it's very easy to say well this is what we're doing and when we're alone and the kid's not here so now we're talking about our marriage so when i'm talking about right. how how are we reordering and renegotiating that it's like you, you do have to consciously choose to do things you might not have been consciously doing because you had developed routines and you had developed skills and you had developed processes for 
caring for your marriage. And so it is a physical fatigue. It's a mental fatigue, but it's also just fitting it into your life. And that's been the biggest difference for us because it has been honestly the biggest challenge because I think we, we have a, we've been blessed with a very easy child. Um, at least in my, he's a good sleeper. He's, you know, I mean, he's a little more strong-willed now than he was at one point. Um, but and he has right. a little bit of a flair for dramatic that I can't imagine at all where he gets that from. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not from me whatsoever when he's upset about something. <laughs> and so it can be it's a little interesting um, when it comes to that. His uh, wordless roar like and he's very verbal. Like he's barbaric. His yeah. Age. yeah, exactly. So when he's really done with when he's really done with this, it's just the wordless roar. But even then, sometimes I'm not sure it's real because the other day I was holding him and he literally just yelled at the top of his lungs. Like he was mad and then looked at me with a big smile on his face and said, throw fit. I'm like, that's right, buddy. You know, so he's, you, you did know, throw a fit. Yeah. I mean, now I just look at it. I don't trust anything that he says or does anymore because I don't know if he's just having a go at me or what's happening. So, uh, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's the biggest difference. Cause I think in five years we kind of figured out and we had had enough time to realize what we were we sucked at right and what needed to be fixed right, and what right. needed to be worked on and we might have been there and then we decided to have a kid and just throw all that almost back in some ways it feels like back to square one because it's just so different and so you know the biggest change has been getting back to a place um where we know this is the arena and where our relationship grows and is nurtured and is challenged and reformed. you know all those different things that happen um yeah and it's got to be a little more, at least for us, a little more um, less, you know, television. Sh- like, this is us. It happens in the heat of some moment. And then it's like, oh, we have this, you know, revolutionary discovery about our life together. And more like, hey, we're setting aside this evening that we will 100% do something together. And part of that will be fun. And part of it will be talking. And the talking could be fun too, right? But it's going to be... Sure. <laughs> it's going to also be like, hey, let's talk just about us. And how are you feeling? And, you know, do you still like me? I still like you. Great. Okay. <laughs> let's keep... Right. You well, know, it, it seems to going. me that when you are unburdened by a child or by some like other mitigating circumstance, not that a child is only a mitigating circumstance, but when you're when you don't have other things to be concerned about, then you can allow for a degree of spontaneity in your relationship and your romance can mm-hmm. come from that spontaneity or yeah. your whether it's, you know, emotional or physical or spiritual connection can come sort of spontane- uh, spontaneously. And once you start adding in things that make your life more complex and busier and more difficult, then you've on- almost got to put those things on a schedule. And I think for, for some people, there's a bit of regret. And, and I, I say this as I'm forecasting my own future, right? Is there's mm-hmm. a bit of regret where it's like, well, you can't just rely on spontaneity to take care of these things anymore. Now it's got to be intentional. And that's not quite as fun. But at the same time, it's necessary because if you don't actively engage in like, I am going to date my wife specifically in this way at this time. And and I know I'm going to do that because we talked about it right before we both passed out because we were so tired, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, it almost feels contrived. But at the same time, it's a necessary contrivance because otherwise your relationship begins to falter. And that's not something you want to put on display for your kids. Yeah. I'll I'll say two things in response to that. One will be nitpicky, and the other will not. The first is that I I, who okay the word spontaneity. That's what I'm <laughs> looking for. There we go. Okay, 
I'm gonna pause a little bit so you can. I cut just that yeah, part I got out. you. Yeah. I got you. But actually, I don't got him. I left it in as a joke. All right. So spontaneity as a bedrock to a relationship, or even a desirable thing in a relationship. I, as I have learned from my own mistakes, in desiring that and expecting it, is vastly overrated. Just because most of us. If we just leave it up to fate and what we feel like in the moment, which is basically what spontaneity is, are not the best version of ourselves, right? Right, right. So, and I'm not saying that you were championing that, but I think a lot of us feel the the some regret if that's not happening. Like, it feels, I don't know if we've been brainwashed by Hollywood or if it's just we think that that, and it is, it, is, it does feel good when you're surprised by something, right, nice that your spouse sure, does for you. Sure. But I, as I have matured as a person, I have come to appreciate the value in both doing something intentionally, like we said, I was said I was going to do this, and now we are in the moment. And I'm going to do this, but also to value so much doing something, even though maybe this isn't what I felt like doing in the exact moment. But I'm going to do it with my whole heart, and you know, it might not start off in the same way that we thought it was. You know, our date night might not start off, or movie night, or right, whatever we're right. doing, and our conference. But it's gonna it's gonna get to a place eventually because man, we put in the time now, so we don't need that you know, combustion of spontaneity to jumpstart whatever's happening. It's like we can get there because we actually know how to like manufacture it and make that. And I, and I think that's better. The, my, my nitpicky part of it is I've always, or I say always, it, the last, once I felt like I actually knew what I was doing, at least a little bit in my marriage, I don't know at what exact point I would say that was happening. I've, dis, <laughs> I've disliked the term dating your wife. And I say this because. Oh yeah. I'm curious. Tell, tell me about that. Cause that's, everybody says that and I don't see a real yeah, problem and, with and it. To be fair, what they mean is do fun things, treat your wife as if it's not a foregone conclusion that she's going to continue to spend time with you and see you. Right. Because right. when you're dating someone, you're like, well, you can just leave me. There's no, you put it in no, effort. Sure. There's no commitment here. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it's going to hurt and it's going to suck for both of us, but you could just be like, you could just ghost me and it's not really a big deal and then of course once you have a kid you that becomes a bigger deal but even as a marriage you've you've said something and I from people I did this is not my idea of people wiser than I who are married and know more about this that we've known through church or other places um the importance of being cognizant of the commitment that you have made at all times and and that's why I dislike the term dating because to me dating implies that feeling out and it implies a little bit of immaturity of the relationship. Oh, now, that might not be everybody. Okay. But okay. to me, it's like if I'm going to date my wife, like I dated my wife. I treated her much differently than I do once I know. Like I have promised forever that we will make this work. And darn it, like there have been times for both of us um, that it has been like, I, you know, is it worth it <laughs> to make right. it work? Well, what, sure. What if, Anybody who's together for long sucks? enough. Yeah. Yeah. What if this just kind of sucks and I figure out a way to be all right with it and it's fine? Right. And right. when I when I stop thinking of the wiser people than me that have said, no, you've made this commitment, you're not, and not that I'm thinking of bailing in that moment, but if you're dating someone, you're like, well, this just kind of sucks, and is it okay if it's like this forever? You say no, and you break up with that person. And for me, that's when I've been pushed, when I've been honest with myself to say, you know what, this kind of sucks, and I don't like it, whether it's something I'm doing or something that Michelle or a dynamic between us or whatever, right, to say, if I'm actually meaning that I'm going to do this forever, well, then is it not worth it to you know, actually confront this 
you know, fourth. So again, that's why I say I'm nitpicking because people don't mean that. What people mean is like go do fun stuff together and be romantic towards each other and actually, you know, give a crap what your spouse is doing on a given, you know, sure. a daily basis. So but I if, know that's not what they mean, but I... Right, but if we're not going to call that dating, and I think you make a fair yeah. point, right, is that there, there's a fundamental difference between what you're doing before you're married and then marriage is the point where you say, we're really committed to one another and it's a, it's a serious commitment. Like, it, I, I know that some people do get divorced and I'm not like knocking the divorced people here, but... You say, until death do us part, which is something that you don't really... There's not another occasion for saying that, right? Like, it's it's right. not like you go... I guess the word mortgage, right? It's M-O-R-T. It's death, until death do us part to your mortgage. So that's one. But it's like a pretty <laughs> serious thing. And so yeah. I do... I do... I agree that there's a fundamental difference between pre and post marriage. Um, but if, if we're not going to call it dating your wife, and I'm, I am sensitive to your objection, and I think it's a reasonable objection... Then, then what do we call that? What's a, a simple way of kind of summing up that attitude that you're supposed to have, or that you and I at least think that you should have towards your spouse after you're married? Right. Uh, so first of all, thank you. I knew I could count on the English professor to appreciate me nitpicking the t- I always phraseology love, I that's love been nitpicking, used, right? Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate <laughs> um, that about you. Thanks. Yeah, I, so the attitude, I mean, don't get me wrong, the attitude of spending quality time together where we learn something about each other or we have a good time quality shared experiences are, are vitally important but i think that something that something else speaking of other wiser people i've known in my life nothing in t- good that ever comes out of my mouth is original i'm convinced that someone else either said it and i didn't know about it and i absorbed it through something <laughs> or I, I can name the person who said it to me um and I, I've been told on multiple occasions in my life that anything you do, you should begin with the end in mind, right? And so sure. to me, when I'm addressing in my moments of clarity, right, when I am most um, completely myself, we, you know, it's been ages now. We talked about uh, congruency from Carl Rogers, right? When I'm being congruent, I can say, you know, the end in mind for me is that 40 years from now, I my marriage is exactly what I would dream it would be, right? It, it, it's worth it. I'm not, and, and so whatever's going to happen in service of that is what needs to be happening right now. And so that might be dating my wife, which is fun and trying to inject some spontaneity or getting out of the house and being away from your child for a length of time that is, right. I mean, g- right. God, that's which like the most amazing nice, thing you can possibly, <laughs> yeah, it's the most amazing thing you can possibly do. Um, I love or you maybe, so or much, maybe, I can't stand to be around you. <laughs> right? Or maybe it's doing something, the three of you together, with, you know, that's not routine and just care. You know what I mean? Let's do sure. something fun. Let's both play with our two-year-old and have fun, you know, together. Like, you're playing with them right now. Instead of me going and doing my own thing and having a moment's peace, I'm just going to jump in and play together, too. But also, I think, you know, to rip from the pages of my own life, me slowly... And like being hammered over the head, figuring out that, you know, sometimes Michelle needs to be alone and it's okay, right? And so being willing to give that to her, but at the same time also not saying, well, you know, I probably could just leave Michelle alone every night and that would be fine. And I could go do something else that doesn't require as much from me and doesn't require a level of, again, vulnerability. You know, if I go read a book or play video games or do whatever, that requires a lot less of me as a human being than it does to engage with my wife on um, a a spiritual level or whatever you want to call it, right? So 
I, again, dating, it just, maybe this is my own hang-up. It just seems so like frivolous to me. So the distinction there is that whatever needs to feed your souls and feed your relationship in that moment, thinking of down the road, this is going to pay me dividends. It might be something that looks like dating. It might be something else. It might be uh, you know, a very frank and uncomfortable conversation. We've had several of those. Um, yeah. maybe more in the last e- almost two years than we had in the previous five. I don't, you know, I haven't counted them or kept a journal. Right. Um, you'd have to ask my wife. She doesn't ever forget anything, uh, stupid that I've done. And I'm very good at forgetting <laughs> the stupid things I've done. Probably too good. So, um, there's yet another example of her strength making up for my weakness. But does that make sense? Why, it, I guess, why, why I'm taking objection? Because I feel like it, you know, it, it, it doesn't, uh, um, Ascribe the gravitas to the situation that it no, should maybe no and well and and I I was a bit of a, a serial dater in high school and early college and one of the things that I I joked about with other people but was kind of serious was there was a a, a four month kind of term limit for anyone I was dating like mm. past four months and it was one of us was dumping the other one either I was going to be such a miserable ass that I was going to get dumped <laughs> or, and that was the more likely case, or I was going to dump whoever I was dating because past four months, that was, that was it. But the, the first relationship I was in lasted well over a year. Then after that, it was four months and that's it until Jess and I got together and I had a, a freak out two months in because I realized I was like, I'm halfway to my four months and I don't want to break up with this person. Does that mean we're going to get married? Oh my gosh, it does, but I can't say that yet. So I had a huge panic and then, you know, really two months into us dating i was like well we're getting married and then we did you know and that's fine um i want to ask you a a specific question though because what you're saying does make sense to me that there's a a difference in terms of gravitas and there's a difference in terms of um what you're willing to do because if you're dating somebody and you have an issue that's like a serious issue you bury it until it becomes too serious to ignore and then you break up whereas if you're married to someone and you have a serious issue then you have to address it and that's it's awkward and uncomfortable i don't think even there needs to be a more serious word for awkward and uncomfortable there's there's kind of a a deep psychological spiritual heartfelt pain where it's like i know that this thing is coming i'm gonna have to talk to my spouse about this or i i fear that my spouse is going to talk to me about this when you see that it's coming and it's really hard Mm -hmm. and so um but but you have to do that because you're married, right? And that's the that's part of the hard work of marriage. So one of the questions that I guess I I have for you in this light and in this context is what's something you talked about this a little bit, thinking of yourself and of Michelle kind of in the future and what you want to be like. What's something that you can say like just one year down the road, right? Zach's one year older. I don't know if you're gonna I don't know if you're a one kid family or multiple, I don't know what your plan is. But like one year down the road, what's something you hope to be able to say about your marriage to Michelle that you feel like you can't really say now? And as a precursor, I'm probably going to ask you to put Michelle on later on so that I can ask her the same question. <laughs> I don't I see I'm uncomfortable with the idea of putting Michelle on this podcast, mostly because I feel like she might take my job. I, I don't know if I can use the term job since, you know, I'm <laughs> we not don't, paid. We don't get paid. Yeah. No one's listening. So everyone's going to listen to her talk way more intelligently about all this I stuff. did. It, I did it. And that's what everybody said. So now it's yeah, your turn. But your wife is a lawyer, not a marriage and family therapist. Talk on a podcast that's talking about marriage and family. So, you know, you weren't exactly in her area of educational expertise. No, this is a um, podcast about men where we happen to be talking about marriage and family. <laughs> and... You and I are both more qualified to talk about men than Michelle. I don't know. Michelle might be more qualified <laughs> to talk about men than me. I don't, 
Um, I, well, I'm glad you asked this question, though, because this allows me to stop talking so much in a large abstract scale. Yeah, um, let's get, let's even get though specific. I think that's that's my bread and butter. That's where I love to talk. I'm an, I'm an idea, you know, big picture kind of person um, and talk about any. Yeah, the nitty gritty of where I want us to be. So it, all that in mind that the desire of my heart and the goal, you know, where my spirit might be willing, even though the flesh is sometimes weak, is to interact with my wife in context of our young parenthood in such a way that strengthens our relationship um, for the benefit of Zach, but also just because I've always wanted to be someone that could offer my experiences, good, bad, my successes, my failures in marriage, but hopefully a good marriage as you know, hey, let me, th- this might be the only place in my life where I have some wisdom that I can impart on someone else. So, right, right. That, that's why that's important to me, right? And that's why I live up in that, in that big area because that's what motivates me. So, but just frankly, you know, in future changes, what I speculate, I think that the, the what I think will be the biggest change is, you know, again, barring another child will be, um, you know, our son actually able to communicate with us and it's like your unified front is so much important when your child understands what you're saying. That's <laughs> right. That's true. But you know, I, when he I begins to, to ask questions to about you, the world, right? I have to stop you because we, we've, we've talked about how your child is a part of your relationship. And that's true. But your child isn't your relationship. And so the question that I'm, I'm more interested in is what's something you hope to be able to say about your relationship specifically? Mm, okay, not, yeah. not outside of like, well, yeah, definitely out, outside of what's going on with Zach. Yeah, like, well, you caught me then only thinking about my entire life in terms of how it relates to my son, which is the hardest thing. So it, let me say yeah. this. My, my aspiration would be maybe that I'm better at that, I, and and it is, and I'll, and I'll say the specific way. I, I would hope, and I, I say hope I, as if it just will magically happen. The goal will be in a year that with a year's more experience, Michelle and I have learned how to – you spoke earlier about you can see things coming like you recognize whether it's warning signs you're like oh i know we're going to talk about this right, later right. or whatever it's kind of the funny thing like you know people who are married don't get it but like that's a, a thing you get a feel for your spouse in a way that you don't get for anybody else sure that michelle and i will be better at recognizing those things coming and not being as blindsided but you know both listening to ourselves and listening to the other person when it comes to us in relationship apart from Zach because I feel like that's been one of the and so that's you know what I was kind of getting at before right that redoing and redefining these subroutines in your relationship that kind of keep it running and it's like whether they need to be talked about explicitly so they can become implicit like I think some of those we're still in the process of like okay we're, we're, we're talking about this explicitly so they can become implicit I would hope some of mm-hmm. those have become more implicit and for me that's going to be paying attention to my own feelings and my own needs and also Michelle but those like separate from parenting type stuff right um, well, it, it getting, get, me- and so specifically I think just you know let's have these conversations and let's not bring up the, the the baby or the child or you know that kind of thing. I would I would I would hope in a year it's it, it it's more 
you know, we can more clearly define where one part of our, you know, our life ends and where the other one begins. Not that they're separate, because of course they're not really, but you, you create that structure and then it helps you analyze it. And- well, if you think about it in terms of compartments, then that allows you to address issues that are related to a specific place. It's not that they're right. separate, a, but it's a, a God, helpful mental tactic. What a male thing to say. Isn't that right? Am I, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> that men are supposed to be, we're supposed to be better at compartmentalizing than what, so here I'm I don't, saying, man, I don't if I could know. just compartmentalize, compartmentalize my life better, then it, I would be, I'd be better able to come at it. So basically, if I, <laughs> well, okay, so let me, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep pushing you here because I think you're yeah. saying some really good things about relationship and I, and I, I want to go further with you on this. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is that your goal is you want to be able to have a kind of diagnostic for your relationship that's separate from your diagnostic for being a parent because when you are when you have a new child your concern is largely focused on like okay i want to make sure that i'm not killing this baby that's my let's probably right. my initial concern is keep or it alive turning him, or turning him into a butt face or that's, yeah or turning him right? into a butt face serious Even if he's concern alive, but he's still a butt face it's yeah like, man, what I've have met, I unleashed on society right? yeah i've <laughs> met some kids who are very young now who i'm like if my child is this way I'm going to think of myself as a failure. And then I look at their parents and I go, you failure. And I, first of all, I don't want anyone to say that about me. Second of all, I don't want to be like that judgy, right? Like I don't want to be that super judgy person. I will person. say you, that, that ju- you will hopefully stop being like that once you have the baby. Because then now when I see other people's children misbehaving in public, I think I say, thank God it's not just us. In retrospect, I'm a judgmental and I labeled that clip judgmental well, it's not it's not just the misbehaving in public. I'll say this because every every kid's going to have like their meltdowns and their freakouts and their stuff like that. But it's the kid who's like beating up other kids. Oh, or, yeah, exactly. Or like future really inmates just, of America. Yeah, right? the future inmates of America clan like ugh. Uh, and that's not like, especially when they're very young, like under four or five, like, and they're having meltdowns or like freaking out. It's like, okay, this is your learning time. You know, under four years old, you're still trying to figure out, you know, how to do this kind of thing. But it's an, anyway, that's, that's all beside the point. Um, it's it, it, anyway, it sounds to me like you're trying to, to, to have a diagnostic for talking about, or, or, or what your, your goal is to be able to look at your marriage and say, what do we need to work on? And the immediate answer isn't this thing about being parents, but it's like, okay, we've thought about the marriage separately from that, like our relationship, like just you and me. Is that, is that a fair summation of what you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I think I would individualize it more to just me. It's like, I would hope to have bettered my ability to it sounds lame to say remember to do that <laughs> but but i you know i want to be i want that to be something that i feel like i am uh giving its due diligence uh apart from uh, but 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 heading it off of the past, not the which is kind of you know what happens now where we look at each other and we're like, have we done anything on our own in um, this month that has not <laughs> right. involved Zach that right. wasn't in our own living room? Uh, and the answer would be like, no, okay, well let's call Jenna and see if she wants to babysit and find some time to get out of the house. Right, that's still going on, not as bad as it was, but still going on. So I'm hoping in a year it's kind of a man we've really. You know, we're in the season of New Year's resolutions, so maybe we should call it that. Like literally yeah. by December, right? That our res- is we've we have created a 
um, routine of this. And for me specifically, man, I like chafe at any kind of routine. That's just so hard for, I, <laughs> and, and, and I think it's why I came down so hard on the spontaneity because that is my biggest weakness, right? Like I feel right. right. And I live mm, off of routine. Yeah. My, I feel my life constrained. I like I, my flexibility is a gift of mine, I would say, but it is also, um, it is uh, not a gift know, if, of mine. If, if we're looking at it in a Jungian context, right? The shadow side of that is going to be that I like, you know, chomp at the bit and struggle with any kind of like, oh, well, you have to do this now. As soon as it's like I've committed to something, you do have something I want to do. Then I'm like, well, what if I, what if I want to get out of it? You know, right, what if something right. better comes along, which is, you know, an asinine way to approach your life. And so and like I just said, I, I know the wisdom and I've experienced it firsthand when I've been good at it. The value of discipline is what I would call it, frankly. Right. So I would hope to be more disciplined in that than right. maybe I have been in the past. And I think that you get away with it. Or it's possible to get away with being less disciplined before you have a child. And so there you go. We just spent. 30 something minutes talking about it. And I can say it in one sentence, like before the, the biggest thing that's changed is that my lack of discipline when it comes to that relationship is more evident now that there's a child. And my goal for the future would be to have that discipline, you know, and develop it. Um, in spite of the fact that, you know, my, you know, I have a toddler and man, he's like the most energetic person in the world today I was chasing him and playing and he was literally just running back and forth in the hall and stopping in the middle every time and jumping up and down. And then and he did that for like 10 minutes and was laughing. Like it was the most fun he'd ever had in his life. And I'm like, I can't fathom having that much energy. The, the only way to get it out is to run pointlessly, but okay. Like my dogs do that and I'm watching a human being do it. And so it's like, man, you require a lot to keep, to keep going. <laughs> You're a little ball of energy. And so that's, I, I, yeah, that's the biggest thing is, is that discipline in making a, you know, of course you can tell I'm married to a marriage therapist, right? Because, because I'm like, Hey, you have to actually work at your marriage and you know, you have to do specific things. And so maybe finally it'll sink in, <laughs> uh, all the things that I, you know, she's been doing there, but yeah, that's, that's w what I would say would be our goal, um, for the future there would be in the next year to have that. Yeah. You've you've said all of that, and I I know you, uh, and and I've known you for like a million years, right? Um, and yeah. so I I know not only that you are you're not someone who's going to say something and then like, well, you are someone who would say something and completely forget about it. But you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna say something and completely forget about it if it's about something important, right? You you kind of have right. two mental modes. At least this is my perspective as an outsider looking at you. There's the mental mode of I am the embodiment of ADHD and I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing. And then there's like, oh, I'm, t I'm actually taking this very seriously and I'm going to treat it with right. the respect it deserves. So I know that when you're talking about your marriage, uh, you're, you're in that latter category, right? You're going to treat it with the respect that yes. it deserves. But I have a, a, another follow-up question, which is what exactly do you plan or... Not what do you plan, because I don't think you have a plan yet, but what do you think are some specific things that you could actually do? Like, okay, if it's your goal to be intentional about this, if it's your goal to arrive at this point, what are the steps you can take, like the immediate sort of real steps you could take to, to make that happen? Yeah, so before the holidays, Michelle and I had started doing um, a Wednesday movie night that kind of evolved into Wednesday, do whatever hangout. It was yeah. like, Zach goes to bed. We, that this is the night that 
I mean, not that this is the only night we're hanging out, but like this is the night we're going to do something and we're going to sit and watch a movie, which we almost never do. Um, and we're going to pick it. And at first it was like, you know, pick a movie that's at least 10 years old that you want to watch with the other person. And it all it tip, it, it, it kind of was something that they probably like they haven't seen, like an old movie that was important to you that they yeah, haven't seen. Yeah. Um, and so for me, we just watched the man from snowy river every single week until it was Michelle's, you know, and anything else that's mine. (laughs) Yeah. We actually haven't watched that yet because she has seen it before. And, you know, she tried to lie to me that she loved it as much as I did. No one loves it as much as you do. (laughs) It's impossible. (laughs) The Australians do. The Australians do. Do you actually it's, know that? I don't. I don't I, believe I do, that even the people from Australia could love that movie. As I much do as for you. a fact. I don't know if this is going to make it in, but I recruited a student when I did international recruiting from Australia, and when we were done talking about important things, I said I must ask you about the Man from Snowy River. Is this a movie you guys heard of? And apparently, it's based on some sort of like short story or poem or something by like their most famous or one of their most famous. Uh, literary people and everyone in Australia loves the poem and the movie. Um, it didn't seem like the kind of thing he could just make up on the spot. So <laughs> Australians love man from snowy river. Okay. Maybe more than you're I just, do. you're, but, you're an Aussie out of place and time. That's it. Uh, yeah, sure. At least in that regard. Um, I don't have strong feelings about Vegemite. So that, well, what is, is it? Haggis? Um, is that the other thing? No, that's Scotland. Scot- oh, like that's literally Sc- the other side of the Sc- planet. <laughs> Scotland and Australia are both forgotten white people groups. So I feel like that go. goes together. So we were watch. I did make her watch Blade Runner though. And I don't think she enjoyed it at well, all. That's because but... Blade Runner is not particularly enjoyable. Oh, uh, well maybe I said, I love that's, science. That's I love podcast, science right? fiction yeah. and I, I love movies and I love science fiction movies. Like those two things together are, are wonderful. <laughs> Blade Runner is, It is hard in the same way that um, John Carter of Mars is hard, where it's like this this set the tone for everything else. And since everything else is based on it and derivative Uh, from this. Seinfeld isn't funny, right? Yeah. Everything is derivative from this. So it doesn't seem like it's as good as it actually is, but it's totally revolutionary and amazing. So if you watch it first, you're like, wow, incredible. Everything else is a cheap, you know, knockoff. And if you watch it last, you're like, I'm sorry, what is this? Like, of, oh, of course it's this. Like, that's obvious. So anyway. Yeah. John Carter, who also good. But anyway, yes. so, so you know, that was a specific time that was set aside. The holidays yeah. obviously throw everyone's routine out. So that, but my kind of add-on to that recently has been, let's do that, but let's not make it just movies. Let's do other things too. So it might be a movie. It might be playing a game together. That's what it was. Um, I don't know if it happened on Wednesday um, this week. Maybe it ha- it was Wednesday, actually. Um, you know, we played a video game together, uh, that we like, and we both enjoy playing together, you know, so just little was things it like that. Clips? It was not snipper uh. clips. Uh, it, it was, it was overcooked. Oh. Also cooperative, okay. yeah. um, on the switch. So get it, um, do it, um, be mad when your stew catches on fire, which is what happened to us. So <laughs> that's, that's serious. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, so, you know, so I, that was my contribution. Like, it's branch out into something that might be a little bit more interactive. But almost always when that happens, there are then discussions because we're just alone and we've... Yeah, I mean, anyone that's been married for longer than 30 seconds is like, hey, when you actually spend time together, then, like, you talk to the person you care about most in the world about what's important in life, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, even if you're not doing something important, it just arises. Like, you know, married people talk about all sorts of inane stuff on their dates like everyone else too, but then you also are like, you know, the deep thoughts of your soul might also come up as well, which is really awkward when your server comes over and is like, do you want more Diet Coke? And you're like, um, 
<laughs> Can you just leave and come back in half an hour, maybe, please? I don't want to yeah. keep talking about this. But so, so that th- that's the that's the sp- specific plan is to you know this block of time in the week is now sacred, right? Yeah, it, it is yeah. for this, barring some sort of crazy thing or like something you have to do for work. And then I would like you know hopefully we'll uh, the goal would be to be able to reschedule it or. But you know the thing is too when you've got it on the calendar, if there's one week where it's like you know what. It ain't gonna happen this week. It's okay because we already know next week's on the count, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you, and and then then it's not like something. It's not like you're forgetting your spouse, and it's not like you're just not paying attention to it. It's you're making a willing sacrifice. You're saying, I know right. this is something that we enjoy doing, and even if we're not enjoying it, this is something that we both know is really important for our relationship. We're not gonna do it this week for this reason, but this is the exception, right? And I th- I think right. that is. I think that is the important thing because you can say it's the exception to the rule. And even if you end up making a lot of exceptions, you still have the rule of I'm going to invest in you and you're going to invest in me at this time. And whether we feel like it or not, right, this is going to be something that we do mm-hmm. to sort of maintain our relationship. And I think that's I think that's really important. And that's something that when whenever people are like, you know, uh, um, and I, I've gotten this from a lot from a lot of people, like you're never going to want to give your baby up. It's like, I really hope that I do. I really hope that I have the ability to just hand my baby to people that I trust and say, like, take this thing for 24 hours so that I can spend time with my <laughs> wife. You know, that's something that I really yeah. I'm I'm looking at the future for myself and being like, what am I going to be bad at? And I, I tend to be like, you know, I, I don't delegate well. I don't share very well um, and I don't trust people generally. And so getting over that part of myself so that I can actually maintain my relationship with my wife seems like something that I'm going to need to to actually like intentionally do because otherwise I won't yeah. because I'll just want to focus well, on this you, one thing. Your your boy Mike hit it on the head, right? You've got to you've got to make the space in your life for that and and put it at some points put it high on the priority list. And it's funny because, you know, it's almost a chicken or the egg thing. Cause right. I started off by saying, you know, like, Hey, both of you look at your child and you're like, Hey, this is now more important than either of us. And you know, Mike comes back as like, Hey, your wife has to be the most important. So you can have a good marriage and give them a good gift. Right. But that's almost in service of the child. It re- and, yeah, like, it really is. You know, it, it, it's a backwards, it's not an, or not backwards, but it's kind of an odd, like a non-obvious way. Like you're kind of coming at it from a different angle. I think that what seems like, well, I just continue to pour into this child's life. That will be the best thing. And if I completely empty myself into my child, then I will have given everything and it's amazing. And it's not exactly true, but man, is it easy to just do that? Yeah. I, right. You know, no one's going to like see you doing that and probably call you out on it or even notice it maybe. And it's so easy to just convince yourself you're doing the right thing. Grant and I didn't start this podcast to help anybody other than ourselves, really. We wanted a reason or maybe an excuse to talk about the things that worried or challenged us about our new roles as dads, our changing roles as husbands, and our place as men in the world. Grant and I discussed in this episode how he was going to improve his marriage in the coming year. He gave one answer, then talked to Michelle and thought about it, and then he sent me what you're about to hear in addition to his original answer. And it's this kind of thing that makes us both want to keep doing this. So when Grant originally asked me this question about what I was going to do to focus on my marriage and what specific steps I wanted to take to keep it strong or even improve it in the coming year, especially with Zach getting older and 
you know, with all the changing demands that come and happen with that. Um, I still like my original answer and it's definitely true, but this is one of those things that I think benefits from a little bit more reflection and consideration. And uh, as it would happen, there was kind of a serendipitous event where Michelle and I actually had a conversation recently about this exact sort of thing. And really what I would answer that question with now would be that my goal and what I would focus on individually is being better at communicating my emotions and what I'm feeling, which sounds very broad, but in this specific way is to remember to allow myself time to process and work through my feelings as they're happening. And it can't always happen, but Michelle and I were discussing um, just some plans and some things that we were had talked about doing and it wasn't going to work out the way we had originally thought and this was upsetting to me and rather than do what I normally do which is brush it off and pretend like my feelings don't matter and not tell Michelle I told her that I would love to give her an answer about what I thought and how I felt but I wanted to wait until I could give her a real answer and not my immediate gut reaction which for me tends to be to try to ignore my feelings of hurt or frustration or anger or really anything negative and pretend it's not there until I can act like it never happened and then inevitably right that always comes back to bite us so while this time spent together is critically important for me I think this is even more of an important step because as I talked about earlier in this episode it is very easy for anyone, but especially for me, I think, to get in this mode where you are only thinking of your child and it's easy to put things on the back burner. And for me, anything I feel like that rocks the boat, which includes my own feelings, especially negative ones, is something that it can easily be sacrificed on the altar of making things better when it comes to caring for a child. And especially as men, you know, we're not taught to respond well to those emotions we're taught kind of to bury them down so it's reinforced I think by our culture and so that's something I think that will serve both my wife and child better is that if I can gain some discipline in allowing myself the things I know I need emotionally so that I can then communicate those effectively so I realize the irony of coming back over myself answering a question after consideration and then more effectively communicating what I think would be a good answer to a question. It's it's very meta right in this area. So definitely listen to what I say in this part and um, take from it what you will. I don't think that it's um, without merit or untrue, but upon further reflection, I thought it was worth it, especially when it came into contact with actual interaction with my wife, whom I'm talking about in this segment. It was important to include uh, some other conclusions that I had come to. This has been episode 12 of Two Dads Named Grant, a podcast where Grant and I, we try to figure things out. Thanks for listening.